Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates and paint and troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get Uh, In case you've been living under a rock lately or just never follow tech policy news, in which case I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're probably well aware that there are many efforts underway uh, to both bring antitrust cases against the biggest of the big tech companies uh, and an effort in Congress to perhaps change antitrust law, uh, mainly to target those companies. Uh, To get my own beliefs out front, I've made it clear that I'm all for efforts that create more competition and to cut back on the power of the biggest companies because I think it's desperately needed, but I am skeptical that antitrust is necessarily the right tool for doing so, mostly because I think it's focused on punishing big companies rather than creating the ecosystem to encourage more success from competitors. Uh, Even so, after months of apparent study, uh, a group of five antitrust bills were released recently, which were clearly designed to put a target on the back of Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon specifically, with some ambiguity if it applied to Microsoft as well. Uh, The bills seem to have been mostly written in a vacuum, at least from my perspective, with little understanding of how these things actually work or what impact the bills would actually have. Uh, And we've been highlighting some of the problems with them on TechDirt. We were also shocked at how the definitions in the bill seem to deliberately avoid having the new rules apply to a lot of other companies that arguably have more monopoly power than those big tech companies, such as your local telco or giant credit card company. Uh, Last week, the House Judiciary Committee held a marathon markup session that started in the morning and ran into the wee hours of the next morning before taking a short break and then picking up for more. It was uh, somewhat contentious at times, with a group of bipartisan representatives led by Rep. Zoe Lofgren, uh, who kept calling out the deficiencies with the with the various bills and seeking to amend them to fix many of the problems. Uh, most of these amendments were unfortunately rejected, but the process certainly highlighted many of the problems with these bills. So here to discuss the bills and the process is Representative Zoe Lofgren. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Uh, so, uh, have, have you been able to sleep <laughs> since uh, that, that, that incredibly long? Uh, yes, I actually did. You know, we started at 10 in the morning and we went to about 6.30 the next morning, whereupon oh. we took a brief recess uh, and reconvened at 11 and went to 3. So that was a bizarre uh, markup. And um, I did get like two hours a two-hour nap between 6.30 and 11, which surprisingly helped. Um, but it was a bizarre process. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's dive in a little bit. I, I know you, you've been critical of certain aspects of the bill, but but you certainly recognize also that, you know, there are real questions about competition and antitrust that need to be dealt with. Um, but from your perspective, what what are the sort of major problems with, with these particular bills? Well, how much time do we have? Um, you know, you're right, um, and I hope you caught. I don't know if you listened to the whole markup. I did not. I but, did not. Uh, at some point, I got unanimous consent and put Tech Dirt's analysis into the record. I 
saying that you were Hector was one of the most uh, uh, accurate and insightful uh, commentators on technology. Um, and I think you know, there are issues when it comes to uh, some tech companies, a lot of tech companies. Um, but that doesn't mean these remedies are workable or appropriate uh, in, in any way. And you can start with uh, the Jayapal bill, which is arguably the most extreme bill, mm-hmm. um, ordinarily in antitrust law, breaking up a company is it's a it's a remedy, and it's an extreme remedy that is sometimes necessary. Uh, we broke up Ma Bell, and it stimulated innovation because they were uh, precluding through their monopoly any kind of innovation or competition. In contrast to that history. Breaking up these companies isn't a remedy in this bill. It's the goal of the bill. Uh, and it it defines who's covered. And David Cicilline is a friend of mine, so I, I don't dislike David. I just don't like his bill. Um, but he was very honest when talking about the Jayapal bill. It identifies these four companies, um, maybe five, depending on whether you agree whether Microsoft is included, and if you meet the threshold, the definition, then you're broken up. That's it. End of story. One of the members, I can't remember who it was at this point, because it was maybe four or five in the morning, asked this question. If breaking a, up a company is really a taking, which it probably is under the Constitution, is there due process in the Jayapal bill? <laughs> if you're one of these companies, you're broken up. And I think it's, there are constitutional issues. But also, uh, you know, why is that the goal? The goal is competition. Right. Yeah, and, and that's, that's been sort of my concern with, with all of these, these approaches, that the, how much of this is, is driven out of actually trying to get more competition and how much of it is driven out of spite <laughs> against these companies. Well, well it, Congresswoman Jayapal outlined in the, her statement, you know, her, her interactions with Amazon that she found very disappointing. And I, you know... I'm sure that I don't challenge that, but that can't be a basis for legislating. And we're not doing a bumper sticker here. We're doing um, legislation. Every word matters. And, uh, you know, if you take a careful look at these bills, they don't, I mean, they're not well written. They're not well crafted. And some of the things that are the, the most alarming things in the tech ecosystem are not addressed at all or made worse. I'm concerned, and you and I have talked in our privacy bill about the the need to to rein in disinformation um, to deal with the issue of uh, really the the um, the spiraling down a rabbit hole of a significant portion of the American public into conspiracy theories. Th- these bills don't do anything about that. And in fact, they probably make it worse. If you take a look at the Cicilline bill, for example, uh, you you can't really discriminate uh, among similarly situated businesses, whatever that means. So I guess if you're Apple and you throw Parler out of the App Store, another right-wing 
app stays on the App Store, Parler sues, right? Because they're similarly situated. So if you're Apple or another tech platform, do you take actions that's going to get you embroiled in litigation? Or do you shy away from those kinds of uh, moderations? And I think the answer is, for most tech platforms, the latter. People seek to avoid uh, being entangled in litigation. Yeah, I, I think that's... It, it, again, it feels like a lot of this was, was developed in, in a vacuum without thinking through the impact on, on the overall ecosystem. And all of these things, whether it's you know content moderation... Um, or privacy or competition, they they all you know they they interact with each other, and it feels like the bills don't don't recognize that at all, uh, which which struck me as 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 really problematic. Um, it, it, do you have a sense of of why you know wh- why the people pushing these bills don't seem to want to to recognize that? I I can't speak for them. But uh, when we got into the markup, there was, you know, it was pretty obvious that the, uh, you know, I operated in good faith. I had been in communication with David before. I told him I had big problems with these bills and that I I would uh, operate in good faith and try and put together some amendments that would fix the problems that I had identified. And I did so. Uh, Actually, I didn't offer all the amendments because about 5.30 in the morning, People were just tired of it. I mean, it was too late. It was, it, it was not possible. But things like, I mean, this is not the major issue, but just an ex- a random example. If you take a look at the emergency relief section in David's bill, it purports to be a temporary injunction. But the standards for injunction are not injunctive relief. It's like one of the members, and I can't remember who it was at this point because it was in the middle of the night, said, who wrote this? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but it has nothing to do with American jurisprudence and certainly does not provide due process and would not sustain a challenge in my judgment. I mean, it's just, I don't know who wrote this. Yeah. I mean, so in an ideal world, what would you prefer this this for this process to to work like what what would you want to see well i think you know they had a, a very long set of hearings apparently in the subcommittee i'm not on the subcommittee and as uh, ted lu said you know those of us who weren't on the subcommittee didn't have the benefit of your hearings and we've had no legislative he- hearing on the on these bills so they were uh, they were rushed um they were, I got a rough draft, marked rough, rough draft, not for distribution, like two days before the bills were introduced, about a couple days before. And I was not able to share them with the public because I was asked not to share them. Um, the bills were introduced, and the original plan was to mark them up the following Tuesday. I um, told David I thought that was incorrect and uh, that it not only wouldn't give time for, you know, members of the committee to fully analyze this, but the the public had a right to take a look at what was going on, and it would not give the public a chance to look at it. And so the markup was postponed one week. Um, but there was um, a lot of scrambling around. Again, no legislative hearing, and it's just, you know, when members of other committees are saying that, you know, that's not the way usually you do legislation. And I think the product is, you know, 
these bills are a product of a very poor process. Um, I don't understand the theory because if you try and jam something through and it's as, it's as big a mess as these bills are, you know, you're going to have problems bringing it to, to the end. And, um, I mean, these are in some ways embarrassingly written bills. I mean, we're, as I say, we're not doing bumper stickers. We're doing legislation, and uh, these bills are not well written. Yeah, I mean that was that was my reaction too. Which which also I mean struck me as a little bit surprising because I I know that the subcommittee had all those hearings and and apparently spent all this time doing research. And so I was I was actually frankly a little bit surprised um, that the bills came out the way they did. It, it felt like they, you know, really had only listened to to one constituency and and hadn't really stress test the various bills. And it it seems. At, at least to me, somewhat embarrassing for that stress testing to happen during a markup rather than than before. Um, but I, I don't I don't know the process as well as you do. So, well, I've never um, I've never actually seen a process quite like this in my twenty six years on the Judiciary Committee. Huh. Um. So, so I, I think, you know, I mean, you've, you've made it clear and, and with, with things like your privacy bill and, and, um, and other things that, that, you know, there are real issues with the tech industry today. There sure are. <laughs> um, I, I mean, what, what is, what is your take on, on what needs to happen with the tech industry right now? Well, I mean, if you take a look at mergers and acquisitions, uh, clearly, in my judgment, I mean, for what it's worth, and there were some acquisitions and mergers that probably shouldn't have occurred um, that had the impact of um, stifling innovation, and uh, they were not aggressively challenged. Um, so I do think, that, you know, the one bill that all the Democrats agreed on was to increase fees on mergers and acquisitions, uh, so that there'd be additional resources for uh, enforcement. I very much agree with that, and may, that may not be enough. I do think we have to have adequate resources to enforce the antitrust laws. I also think uh, it's certainly valid to take a look at whether we need uh, to make it more difficult uh, for mergers and acquisitions to occur. Um, Senator Klobuchar, I have to confess, I'm only halfway through her book now. Maybe I should skip to the last chapter. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, I think she is working on something. And I don't know if I agree with it yet, but it, I think it's in the right direction to um, make it a, a, bit, a bit tougher uh, to do mergers and acquisitions. It's not limited just to the tech sector. Uh, it certainly isn't drafted, so it's only four or five companies. Um, and I think that's that's prudent. Uh, I also think, though, that a lot of what we don't like about the uh, tech sector is not just that they're big, but that the, they've allowed irresponsible things to occur. Going back to how to deal with that, uh, these bills really don't. Um, the privacy bill that Anna Eshu and I wrote actually would do a lot more for that than these bills. And as I'll let Anna speak for herself, but uh, she, I, I think she would not mind my saying that she is not in favor of these bills. She's looked at them as well. She and I are going to put on a renewed push uh, for our privacy, uh, our privacy bill. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. The, the, the thing that, that has, has bugged me at least in, in looking over these, these bills is that um, beyond, beyond just the, the question of mergers and, and whether or not certain acquisitions should have been allowed, it, it feels like very little effort, if any, was, was put into looking at all of the other, um, you know, um, set up of, of the ecosystem that allowed for these companies to get so big. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've talked, uh, and, and you obviously know a lot about like, you know, there are issues with, with the copyright laws and some of the patent laws that we have today that, you know, when you look at them, I see aspects of those that really allowed these companies to, to push out, uh, competition. Um, and yet there seems to be no interest in going back and, and looking at those aspects of the ecosystem and, and the regulatory framework that really got us in, in, in my opinion, at least got us into this position in the first place. It, it seems that everyone is just focused on, on antitrust. And I don't, I don't fully understand why that, that is. I don't know if you have any insight into that. Well, I, you know, I think you're right. One of the things about the Congress is we, we specialize in not being able to act. And uh, so, you know, that's why it takes a very long time to do legislation. And as you know, some of the patent reform legislation we did that I thought was appropriate um, has been undone by the patent office itself. And um, there were huge fights, not in the tech industry, but between the pharmaceutical industry and the technology industry that I thought were foolish in some ways. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't see that there's a big appetite to revisit patent reform at this point. Um, you know, and there is this when it comes to the tech world, especially the social media world, there is a network effect. And, you know, you can't uh, pass a law and say there will not be a network effect. Um, and so the question is how to uh, use your tools uh, to protect the public. And uh, I think there is a role for antitrust, especially in mer mergers and acquisitions. But let's think back to the big antitrust case in, in the tech world, Microsoft. I remember in the 90s, I would go home every week and the Democratic leadership at the time, Dick Gephardt, would come as well. And practically every time we would, they would come to the Valley, they would swing by Netscape. And the Netscape people, Jim Barsdale and uh, Mark Andreessen, would be complaining about Microsoft and Internet Explorer. And it was preloaded. And, you know, the Justice Department ought to do something. And it's like, well, it wasn't up to us to make the Justice Department do something. But ultimately litigation was engaged in. By the time it was done, it was meaningless. You know, anybody could could download um, uh, Chrome or uh, DuckDuckGo or, you know, it, 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 it was meaningless. And so the, these antitrust cases take a very long time. And I do think, you know, you have a, a different opportunity when it comes to merger acquisition inquiries, but going after companies to break them up, assuming that the Jayapal bill would never work, and I think that's a good assumption in terms of uh, due process protections, um, you know, what are, the, what are the real remedies? I think the real remedies are to curb the network effect by precluding the collection of data 
on individuals. As you know, you know, people, the European approach has been opt in, opt out. That misses the boat. There is a public policy to prevent the acquisition of data, whether it's supposedly anonymized or not. And our bill prohibited the collection of data for the most part. There are some exceptions. Um, beyond what is necessary to complete the transaction and to not hold it beyond that transaction. That would change very much the how uh, these uh, platforms operate, uh, and I'm, none of them are supporting the bill, but I think they would not destroy uh, the Internet or uh, the capacity to utilize the Internet successfully, but they would deal with a lot of the problems that we're all seeing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of different issues that that could be looked at, um, and and figuring out how to deal with the privacy issue is, um, you know, there's a part of it that I think is core to all of the other discussions, <laughs> like, uh, you know, if if there is a a well thought out approach to to dealing with the privacy issues, um, I think you're right that it it does solve a bunch of, or, or at least make the other problems less, uh, of a problem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still somewhat concerned about, you know, how, how the various privacy bills play out in practice. And, you know, we, we've seen obviously with the GDPR approach that, you know, it's, it's worked in, in some areas, but in a lot of other areas, it's really just kind of reinforced, you know, Google and Facebook as the only ones who can handle all of the compliance. <laughs> um, and that's why I think if you don't do the complicated compliance, um, you just have bright lines on what you can collect and what you can't collect. Right. And, and it makes it possible for startups as well as the giants uh, to compete, although we did do an exemption for very small businesses in the privacy uh, bill, as you probably recall. Um, yeah. So I do think that that is a promising approach. Um, and, you know, as I say, these companies are not going to be in support of that, but I think, you know, we have a bigger chance of passing that because the American public understands. I mean, I asked um, how many people had taken advantage of the new opportunity that Apple has given to say, ask this app, do not track. I love that, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming. It's huge. Uh, the American public doesn't want to be tracked. They don't, they don't want a profile made of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, the thing that, that, that I've been interested in is, is whether or not there are other ways where... And by the way, can, that oh. do not track was probably be prohibited under these bills because arguably it would give an advantage to Apple over <laughs> its competitors. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point to, to dig into as well it is, is that, you know, and we're seeing this right now with, with Google and, and the issue of third party cookies. And I, I don't know how, how much you've followed this where, where a little Google, bit. you know, Google said they're going to do away with, with the use of third party cookies, which Someday. actually 
someday. Yes, it keeps getting pushed it keeps off. Keeps getting pushed um, off. <laughs> but you know, it's it's funny because you have you have one part of the world who's saying like this is great because third party cookies are, are bad for privacy and and they're a real issue, and then you have uh, you know a whole other part of the ecosystem saying, but you know, Google is big enough to be able to handle that, and all these other companies are not. And so you know, what's good for privacy might be bad for competition in some cases, and and I'm not sure how you balance those things. The market will adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if you just put the principles of um, protecting the American public, and it's not just um, from commercial exploitation, it's also from political exploitation, where people can, their profiles, whether or not anonymized, they, it is possible to know very much about each American and exploit that knowledge uh, to their disadvantage commercially, politically, socially, and it's not good for society. Yeah. Um, one, one question on the, on the, and I'm sort of of two minds of this and, and kind of struggling through on the, on the question of the mergers and acquisitions. And, and I agree that I think, you know, I, I'm all for the bill that says more funding, um, you know, for, for enforcement um, and, and maybe raising the fees. The one thing that I do wonder about is that, you know, if we do make it harder for, um, you know, for some of the larger companies to buy certain smaller companies, usually the ones that, that you know, haven't been as successful, does that have knock-on consequences in terms of, you know, the companies are often funded, you know, and they're, they're funded with the idea, obviously, of being successful on their own. But as a fallback, the idea that you can sell it to a Google or a Microsoft or an Amazon or whoever is sort of, uh, you know, it, it, to some extent, makes the investment more worth doing in the first place. And so I, I do worry at least a little bit, and I'm sort of trying to, to figure out how, how you square those things with the idea that, you know, would that would that decrease investment and therefore in some ways actually decrease competition if you wipe out the ability or make it much more difficult for some of the, the larger I think that's, to buy small ones? I think that's your point is well taken. The Jeffrey's bill would basically, if you really dig down into the, how the bill is drafted, it would prohibit mergers and acquisitions pretty much right. completely. Uh, there is very, very narrowly uh, drafted exceptions, but they're so vague that um, – you know, they don't even include where there would be real competition, just the potential of maybe there could be nascent potential competition for any product or service that includes a user's attention. What does that mean? I think, you know, basically the uh, Jeffries bill eliminates all mergers and acquisitions. That would be a mistake because you're right. Um, there are, you know, in the venture capital world, there they're uh, funding people, and there's got to be there's three ways out. Really, um, you can you can be acquired, you can go public, or you can fail. <laughs> and um, you know, being acquired is not per se problematic unless you are squashing uh, competition. And if you take a look at, I don't want to get you know personal on because it's just my point, my personal views. There, for example, Facebook did some acquisitions that I think really did have the impact of preventing competition with Facebook. And I think they were very overt about what their goal was. On the other hand, there can be acquisitions that really, I think the tech world says for 
uh, for talent and technology, uh, where you, you want to get the smart young guys, or gals in that case, who just got, got out of the Stanford Engineering School and are doing this startup, and you want them, and you want their ideas, and you want their technology, and it's not to squash their competition, it's because you can utilize it in a very successful way for some things that you're hoping to do. That's a very different impact. Yeah. Um, the question is, how, how do you distinguish between those in a bill? Um, well, you, I mean, you haven't in this bill. It just says you're not <laughs> going to do any mergers or acquisitions. And I, I don't think that's necessarily good for the economy or for technology or for innovation. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, so what, what, um, I, there was a report that uh, that the bills are probably not going to go to the to the floor just yet. Um, do you have any sense of kind of where what the status is on on these bills right now? Um, well, I don't know. I did see um, Steny Hoyer's comment. I have not actually spoken to Steny about this, so I just saw his public comment. Um, I think uh, he said something like they're not ready for prime time, and I'd say that's that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> Now, obviously, um, David is, he believes that his bill is, these bills are wonderful. And as I say, I like David, I just don't like these bills. Um, so, you know, a, a number of members have come up to me and said, you know, what about this? And when you start going through just even a few sentences of what's in it, they go, oh my. Um, so I think it's a tough sell if you actually get into what's in the bills instead of, you know, I hate this company. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it does feel like a lot of it is driven by just, just anger at, at the companies. Um, and, and some of that is on both sides of the aisle. I, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Republicans were very direct about, you know, they think, I think incorrectly, that the tech sector has uh, singled them out and, and uh you know, kept them from speaking and violated their free speech rights and on and on. Um, and that's, and they want to punish them for that. Yeah. Which, which doesn't seem like the best reason for, for regulation. <laughs> In fact, it seems like a pretty bad one. In most cases, these aren't regulations. They're yeah. just, uh, uh, they're just a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then, I mean, uh, earlier this week, as, as we record this, you know, the, the FTC case that was brought against Facebook, uh, was dismissed though they can refile. Um, but it, it seems like that, that particular case, um, well, both the FTC case and the one that the States brought, um, doesn't, doesn't seem to be going very far. Do you think that gives new emphasis to these bills or, or does that also lead people to take a pause and, and, and explore whether or not these bills are the right way to go about it? Well, I, I think, you know, the proponents of these bills are trying to spin that, that this is some new reason uh, for mm -hmm. these very flawed bills. Um, I haven't read the decision, uh, but I understand from a member who I will go nameless, who has read it, that uh, it was sort of the embarrassing pleading of the uh, FTC that was, uh, that the uh, judge found fault with. You can't just allege that there's 60% market share, and that's the end of the story. You have to have to plead a number of factors 
to um, establish the monopoly for some reason they failed to do that. Um, you know, maybe that shows they do need additional resources. Um, they will have an opportunity to properly plead this. Let's hope they have the talent to do that. Yeah. I mean, part of, part of what I wonder is that, you know, it, it felt like there were, there was pressure <laughs> from, from, from perhaps the White House at the time to get uh, cases out against both Google and Facebook before the last administration. It could be. I don't know. I mean, it's just be speculation yeah. on my part. We do know that the former president was, um, you know, like some of the Republicans in the House, felt that he had been picked on, and, you know, he's, you know, that he, he, and ultimately... He was kicked off uh, Twitter, although Twitter is not covered by any of these bills. Um, yeah. I mean, th that strikes me as interesting in its own right, right? I mean, a lot of the anger really is actually directed at Twitter, right? and yet under no definition uh, would or, or probably should Twitter be considered, uh, you know, a monopoly player. It's 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 actually a lot smaller than, than all, all of the others for the most part. Um and and yet it it feels like there's some sort of transference of of anger from Twitter and just pointing it to to the four other companies, and I don't fully understand that either. Other than you know, if you just sort of lump together big tech, and then just assume that the sins of one are the, are the sins of all of them or something. Yeah, I I don't know. I try and avoid assigning motives sure. to other members, and I don't know. You know, I mean, you'd have to talk to them, but I will say that uh, you know, I think the the bill clearly, the, uh, the lawsuit was deficient. And, um, you know, I don't know on the merits what I think about the lawsuit, um, but hopefully they will be able to properly plead it and get a hearing and, and have a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the issue with the, the state's uh, one, which didn't get as much attention, was basically just that they filed it too late. It was... Uh, you know, it was focused on the the WhatsApp and Instagram acquisitions, and they basically said, you know, you had basically a decade to, to make this point, uh, and you missed it. But um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with with the FTC one, and, and we'll see what what happens with with these bills. But um, I think uh, you I, know one of the sleeper issues, and it was added at the last minute, and I don't think there was any legislative hearing or attention to it, so far as I'm aware. Uh, by the subcommittee was this crazy venue bill uh, that was added to the uh, at the very last minute uh, to the agenda, and you know basically it's going to provide forum shopping not just for the the four tech companies, uh, but for any company in the United States. So any of the AGs can file, and uh, you know for there's a lot of ways that you, that you can assert jurisdiction and yet all of the witnesses and economic activity is in another state and you know honestly with the market caps that Google and Facebook have they'll be they may not like it but they'll be able to financially cope with it a smaller company um, is going to you know be hauling off to the eastern district of Texas being shaken down by the local bar to affiliate uh, with local firms so they can appear in the Federal District Court there, and it's going to it's going to be very problematic. It's really a bad idea. 
Yeah. And, and it's interesting that that one didn't get as much attention. I mean, that was that was the bill that was not part of the five that, that, that the Democrats Right. It, it, it was just slipped in at the last minute. Yeah. And it's it again, I, I'm not asking you to speculate on why or how, but it, it felt like that was part of the horse trading to get uh, some Republicans on board. board. With, that's with what the, I uh, heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, but yeah. Um, certainly, you know, they said, well, the AGs are for it. Well, of course they're for it. It makes it easy for them, <laughs> you know. But what if you're some midsize uh, company who's the, uh, you know, you're the defendant and you're hauling uh, down from Massachusetts to the Eastern District of Texas, and all the witnesses are in Massachusetts. How are you going to like that? Yeah, and and you know, and, and and we've written about this a bunch, but but state AGs don't necessarily have the best track record of of uh, you know filing uh, intelligent uh, uh, legal actions against companies. Well, I there was a case a number of years ago filed by the um, attorney general in Mississippi, who's a Democrat. And mm -hmm. I can't remember, honestly, I should, I should Google it, um, who the defendant was. But it came out, because of the, uh, the metadata on the filings, that the whole thing ha had been written, and all the pleadings, by a competitor. And the uh, AG brought it. I mean, you know, yeah. that's not really what you see or what you're supposed to see when the Department of Justice brings an action or the FTC, it should be in the public interest. And, you know, AGs, they're, you know, they're all over the board. Some are terrific and some, you know, I personally have some questions about, like the AG <laughs> in uh, Texas who's currently being investigated for criminal activity. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, once, once you expand that and sort of expand their power, you know, you have, well, and you know, it, it, yeah, sorry. I mean, you can still under the, under the existing antitrust, you're an AG, you can file. Um, right. but it, the question is, can it be removed by the defendant to a proper venue? And this now pre precludes that. So I think it's really, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good point that hasn't hasn't gotten that much attention. Um, well, um, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything else that we've missed in in terms of talking about about this discussion? Well, I just think you know, as I say, that every single page there's a problem with it. So it's mm -hmm. you know it's hard to to single some, but there <laughs> you know the 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 privacy implications. For example, in we address that in the Scanlon bill. You know, and I believe in, in uh, interoperability and portability because I think that is a right for yeah. citizens. But in her, the original draft of her bill, and I like her. She's a very nice uh, – she's a relatively new member. And I, I also – she's serving with me on House Administration Committee too. But it, it didn't even allow for the individual whose data was being exported to have consent. You know, in the privacy bill we wrote – uh, you know, the privacy rights of the individual's data attaches to the individual, not to the competitor. Uh, we did make some changes. They accepted an amendment from me on her bill, but that was not included in the Cicilline bill. And so the, uh, there's a requirement to share all this data with competitors. Well, okay, you know, that apparently means that um, the Customer data, for example, that an online uh, retailer, starting with A, has about me, 
uh, can, must be, with, whether I want it to be or not, shared with uh, competitors and third-party sellers. And there's no capacity for the person whose data it is to object to that. Well, you know, it, maybe it's a mom and pop in Iowa. Maybe it's, you know, a competitor in the People's Republic of China. Uh, the, the data vulnerabilities are probably different in both cases, and, but they're treated the same. There's no capacity to protect the data and, uh, and respect the data of each individual. As I say, um, you know, every page is a new mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th that was sort of my reaction, too, because I, I've, I've spent a lot of time talking about the importance of, of interoperability and, and, and being able to export your data from these services. So I, I came into that bill hoping that, that I would like it and actually expecting I would. And then I, I read the details and I was like, no, this is this is just wrong. It, it, it feels very focused on the belief that it has to be the company that is controlling everything and, and doesn't even seem to recognize that there might be a better solution if the individuals have the have the power and control over their own data. In, in all these bills, when there's a tension between what's good for individuals versus a company, they choose a company. Right, and right. that's really not where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, me either. Well, um, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know, I know you are very, very busy. Uh, and and I know that you've had you've had a long couple of weeks, <laughs> uh, so I, I appreciate you taking the time and, and having this discussion. And I'm sure that our listeners will in, enjoy it as well. Very good. Good talking to you as always. Yes, uh, same here. And thanks to everyone for listening. Bye bye. Bye. bye.